Mayday! Anyone out there? Receiving transmission. Hello? Hello? Mayday! Mayday! Transmission starts in three, two, one. This is Rick Radio. I want you to put your hands together and welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause. Oh, thank you, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Rick Radio, where we kind of just goof around and do a bunch of stuff together. Sounds like a good show? Maybe, maybe not. But there's only one way to find out, baby. That's right here on Rick Radio. So yeah, we're going to talk about some of our favorite songs. Got some song requests. Got some questions to answer. Got some movies to talk about. But before we do, there's one thing we got to do. We're going to be right back after this message, folks. You're looking sharp. You're looking good. You've come so far. Most of who you are Father to son Yes, it's Gillette, the best a man can get. How about that for a shot in the arm? That's what I thought. Hey, folks, it's good to be back. You know, I've got a good, a good few things to talk about, but more than anything, I've just got a ton of song requests. So we're going to be jamming out quite a bit on this episode, and I'll try to make it as painful as possible. Uh, it's kind of just all over the board here, so I'm kind of excited about that. And, uh, yeah, uh, first thing I kind of want to talk about, though, we got some movie news going on, and I really want to talk about a couple of movie, uh, trailers that have come out, right? And I'm looking at mainly the horror genre here. Uh, you know me, I'm a big horror nut. But, yeah, you got the, uh, the new trailer for the new Pet Cemetery that's coming out, which I have to say, looks pretty dang good. Uh, it's a formula you can't really mess up, even though there's a lot of people that's upset because the trailer kind of reveals a big part of the plot, which is significantly different from the other movie that came out, the first movie, which is called, uh, that's right, Pet Cemetery. Wow, can't believe I remembered that. But yeah, there's a plot twist in here that, uh, 
It was probably a pretty big deal if you're a fan of the original. Um, so we'll see how this works out. I've seen a lot of people kind of iffy about it. But I've got one name of one person in this movie that, to me, just kind of is a mic drop overall. And that's John Lithgow. If you got John Lithgow in your movie, it's going to be pretty dang awesome. It's, it's pretty much that simple. So uh, I don't know. Take the time. Check out the trailer. Let me know what you think about it. Even the cat church looks a bit different too so uh you know they're changing things up which you know that's totally fine if you're doing a remake why make it exactly like the original doesn't make a whole lot of sense right you have to change things up a little bit and stay true to the source so it's nice when they can really really pull from the source which is the book and then also still tip the hat to the other versions movies tv series whatever what have you that uh was pretty popular and people are very fond of. So we'll see how that works on. Going to the next one, you also had a drop for the new Child's Play. Um, we're getting a reboot as that as well. And I tell you, this is kind of confusing because, man, you got a lot going on right here. You've got not only a reboot coming out, but you've got a TV series that's coming out as well. So could be conflicting each other. I don't know. We'll see how this works out. Um, I think the trailer looks decent. You know, there you don't really get to see much of what the new Chucky looks like. Um, you know, there's been some teasers of that as well, but we'll see, man. You know, um, Tom Holland's story again. If they, if they stay true to that and dodge a sequel or two that came out and kind of stay true to the source, could be pretty good. You know, here's the thing, folks especially if you're close to my age or whatever, and you grew up watching these movies as a teen or whatever, you know, this version is going to be somebody's version of Child's Play. And it, it really hurts in a way because you want them to experience the original the way you did. But the problem is, is they can't. You know, with, with the media and everything like it is and the way that movies are put together now, it's just a different feel. So they're not going to get the same thing out of it you do. Can they still be entertained? Yes. But... To a lot of people, especially younger people that, you know, are just getting into movies or whatever, they're probably going to enjoy a newer version because it's more relatable to them. That's the hard pill to swallow. Uh, I remember when they did the remake of Texas Chainsaw, which was good. I'll give you that. I, I thought it was good. I think as time has gone by, it's to me, it's kind of lost its appeal. Uh, I remember it being better when I saw it in the theater than when I revisit it now. That's just me. I'm just saying. But I do remember some teenage kids, you know, said they tried to watch the original, and it was too boring. And you're going, man, you know, if it wasn't for the original, you wouldn't have this upscaled, you know, version that you've got now. So, uh, you know, it's a hard pill to swallow because you want them to respect the history of these things. And you guys know me. I'm all about the nostalgia. That's what all this is. This is me reliving my youth, I guess you would say. And, um, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of asking for both sides. Here I am. I'm trying to soothe things over, right? I'm trying to bring all the parties together and be solid, be, be solidified by an idea, which is respect each other's versions of the movie, right? It's hard to. It doesn't mean you have to like it, but you kind of have to say, okay, yeah, there's a new version of Suspiria that a lot of people probably dig better than the original. I get that, you know, so I don't know. Be open to it. Doesn't mean you have to like it. Just be open to it. So don't bash the movies, right? 
chances are if you got a chance to remake your favorite movie, a lot of people would be upset about it. So you got to think about that. Um, time goes on. Think of the Shakespeare plays that have been redone and redone and redone and redone, right? And we're all particular to a certain version of even those stories. So just like, you know, Court Psyops and myself just did a, a movie commentary for Switchblade Sisters, which is a mid-70s, you know, uh, exploitation flick, which is really just a, a retelling of Othello. So there you go. There's my favorite version of a Shakespeare film. <laughs> but anyways, I, I say take the time, check these trailers out, and uh, I don't know, see what you think about them. Let me know. You can let me know here. You can go to the Facebook group and join us. Hey, that's something you need to be doing, folks. If you're not following us on Facebook, I've got Rick Radio, which is its own group. You can join with us. That's where you get to answer a lot of questions or ask me a lot of questions. Song requests, movie requests, all that stuff's happening there, right? So all of you guys that are listening to Under My Wheels or House of Wax or even on Dude Looks Like, it looks like the 80s, all that stuff is over on Rick Radio now. So just move on over there. Move on over. Just move over. And uh, join the group, and I'll be sure that the, the people in charge, it's not me, wink, wink, I'll make sure that they uh, they give you a pass, right? You can come on in the group and express your love and feelings, right? So that's how a lot of this works. But I, I do wish you would go out and check these, these trailers out. Give me your opinion of what you think about them. And, uh... No, we'll see what happens there. And also, there's Rick TV that you can go over to, to as well. After you get to Rick Radio, jump to Rick TV was where I'm just taking you through all the classic you know, MTV videos from back in the day. So that's a lot of fun, too. So let's move on out of this. we got a ton of song requests. I'm just going to jump on in head first right here. I'm going to kick this off with a song request from my good friend Rodney Brown, also known as Ziggy. Ziggy Brown, we go way back. He wanted to hear Deep Purple knocking at your back door. Oh, here it comes, buddy. Thank you. 
Yeah, man, from the Perfect Strangers album, came out in 84, I believe. That was kind of the uh, reunion of the Mach 2 version of Deep Purple. Classic song, classic album, totally rocks. Great pick, Zig. Up next here, we got a message from uh, Mark Allison, my buddy Mark Allison, who is the third member of the Helming Power Hour, which is another show that I'm on, which is, I don't know, to me, if you listen to any show I do, that's the one you should check out, because it's a, it's a, it's a whole lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. Baby. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I may have to edit that out. I don't know. That's pretty crazy. Next up, we uh, Mark wanted to hear uh, Talking Heads Once in a Lifetime. Oh, yeah. We down about some, some Talking Heads. Here it comes. And you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. Find yourself in another part of the world, and you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile, and you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife, and you may ask yourself,
Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Yeah, man. Classic talking heads there. I keep thinking one of these days we'll hear about some sort of reunion with those guys, but yeah, I don't guess it's in the cards, man. David Burns kind of just happy doing his own thing, I guess. Uh, so next, let's look here. Uh, I got a question from Trin Trucking, which is another buddy of mine. You want to know, uh, Trin asked, any chance of you showing up on Stitcher? Well, since, uh, since we last talked, yes, sir. We are on Stitcher just for you, buddy. I made that happen just so you can listen to Rick radio. That's just for you, buddy. That's right. <laughs> uh, Okay. R.J. McCready, my buddy R.J., which you may hear from time to time on the show. Uh, he says, Rick, can I give out a <laughs> can I give a shout out to Treat Williams? Uh, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, to uh, quote my good friend Mark Addison, can we ever really say it's a treat to see a movie that Treat Williams is in? <laughs> Anyways, uh, R.J. also asked, Hey, Rick. How about some Jump by Van Halen? You know it, brother. This one's just for you. Hit it, boys.
yeah, you hear the talk around the rumor mill of a full-fledged Van Halen reunion. Did I say Van Halen? <laughs> well, that's probably true, Van. Very Van Halen. Uh, there is uh, talk of a full-fledged reunion of those guys, man. Dave, Uncle Dave, Diamond Dave, and Michael Anthony getting back so you don't have Wolfgang playing bass, which is Eddie's son. So we don't know, man. We'll, we'll see what happens here. Um, let's see here. Next up, Matthew Tangent says, uh, anything by docking, maybe unchain the night or tooth and nail. You know, I think we did tooth and nail on here before, which is absolutely incredible. I'm a huge docking fan, but I'll tell you what, let's do a little unchain the night. I think that's an excellent choice. So here you go for Matthew Tangent. Here's some unchain the night by docking. <laughs>
rocking with docking, no doubt about it. Matthew also had a question. He asked, Rick, what is your favorite 80s commercial? Crap. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let me, let me think. Well, I guess it would have to be this one. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy. wherever I go. Sing it with me. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy and me. Oh, yeah. My buddy from Play School. That's right. So there you go, Matthew. I just threw that one out there. Why not? Uh, of course, ironically, you know, we were talking about Child's Play earlier, and that's kind of the, uh, the concept of the doll kind of came from the My Buddy doll, which, you know, that song can be taken a lot of different ways, you know. Anyway, anywho... Uh, I'm going to move on here. Oh, I've got one from uh, Nicole Steele. Wanted to hear Walk Like an Egyptian. Yeah, you know what? Why not? Let's change gears. Let's play some bangles here for you. Here you go, Nicole, just for you. Walk Like an Egyptian. Oh, yeah. 
an Egyptian. I want to know how many of you out there were you whistling along? Everybody was. Of course you were, right? Yeah, you have to. It's just one of those songs. Usually you're like, oh no, not that song again. But once it gets going, you're 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 in there. You're going, oh hey oh, all those things, right? Cool. Next one from across the pond. We got a request from my friends over at the Theme Park Films podcast, and uh, they've been a supporter of mine since uh, back in the early days of Under My Wheels. And uh, they gave a gave me a shout and wanted to hear Tenth Dimension by Blaze Bailey. Oh yeah! So if you don't know uh, Blaze Bailey, you know just uh, well just Google it for yourselves. I don't want to ruin the history class for you, but children. Uh, but yeah, go check it out because uh, he's tied into a uh, just a little band you might have heard of called Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's right. So here you go, guys. Theme Park Films podcast. Thanks for supporting me. And this one's just a you little Blaze Bailey for you.
good stuff there i think he kind of got a raw deal with the maiden years because you know he's not the same kind of vocalist bruce was and uh you know uh, i think he got a bad rep but i've always liked his voice man i I think uh, a lot of the stuff they put out in that time period too was excellent so there you go glad to play that one for you uh my good buddy alan rutledge requested girl school by britney fox how about that it says very 80s very cheesy 80s but the video will bring back memories of what we missed most about high school maybe where you went to school because they didn't look like that where i went i'm not supposed to say that my wife came from there but anyways you know what i mean you saw the video here you go alan here's some britney fox 
some Britney Fox and to me I mean if you were from that time period they were like just another wannabe Cinderella kind of thing so you know dude kind of sounded like uh Brian Johnson from ACDC but not quite there so I don't know they're one of those bands that you know they had their little 15 minutes of fame and just moved on from there so still the fun song uh my buddy Patrick Lear says I think you should talk about one of the greatest albums of that decade Operation Mindcrime. Man, I can go on and on and on about Operation Mindcrime. Uh, still my favorite concept album of any band. Uh, absolutely blew my mind. I've got a whole story behind the discovery of this album. So, I remember seeing uh, Queen's Rack on MTV back in the day with the song uh, Take Hold of the Flame, which is a live video in Japan, 83, 84, somewhere around in there, and was blown away by the control that Jeff Tate had with his voice, you know, because it started off so low, and then it went through the roof with that high note. And uh, never paid much attention past that. I never really bought any albums at that point. Uh, Rage for Order came out and had uh, Gonna Get Close to You on there, which was intriguing. I remember the video being really weird. But, uh, you know, when Mind Crime came out, I wasn't really a fan at the time. And I walked into a place in Martin, Tennessee, close to the campus, and it was called Next Door. And they carried all the recent music of the time that you couldn't find, like, you know, at Walmart or whatever. And I walked in there, and I asked the, the person where I said, okay, so what's what's happening right now? And they said, well, this one's doing really good. And it was Operation Mindcrime. And I said, yeah, why not? I'll take it. I'll give it a shot, you know. And I was absolutely blown away from the first song when it kicked in i didn't know really what was going on lyrically and stuff i was just blown away by the arrangements and uh at that point i really hadn't been you know keen on concept albums or i really didn't have an understanding of what a concept album really was and uh 
I sat down and started reading the lyrics, you know, back in the day when you'd opened up the cassette and it would fold out like 40 times and it had all the lyrics. And I got to read it. I was like, holy crap, this is actually telling a story here. So, yes, I know, I know, Kiss had the elder out there, but, you know, you really still had to struggle to put the pieces together to make that a concept album. But this one was, you know, telling the whole story from beginning to end. Um, was recorded digitally. Uh, and this is back in a time when you were still using tape, so it had a, a different kind of sound to it. And, uh, you know, what can I say? Every song on there, I'm just, I'm such a big fan of that album. And um, a lot of people didn't really catch on to it at the time. And it had some big songs, Eyes of the Stranger, I Don't Believe in Love. You know, they were really knocking a hole in it. And uh, it wasn't until the next year when Empire came out that uh, people really started really paying attention to them. Of course, Empire is great. It's a very polished album. I still prefer Operation Mindcrime. And um, when they did, you know, they went out to support Operation Mindcrime on tour, but they were still an opening act, so they couldn't do the entirety or whatever. And the next year on the Empire tour, their biggest album, instead of just doing a, you know, hey, here's our big breakthrough album, we're going to play every song, they played Operation Mindcrime in its entirety. And it was absolutely mind-blowing, hands down. And I, you know you know me, I'm a big KISS fan. KISS puts on the best live show you ever see. But the best production I've ever seen in a concert was Queensryche doing Operation Mindcrime. There's so many things I can't even describe that happened in that show that were just unreal. And we went to see them in Municipal Auditorium in Nashville which is pretty infamous for not having great sound. Matter of fact, a buddy of mine, Kenny, Kenny Robinson, went with me and my wife. And uh, all the way there, he's like, yeah, man. I said, I, he said, I wish they were playing somewhere else because the sound is just horrible in this place. Because he had seen Yes and all these people there, which are known for you know phenomenal sound. And I'm telling you, it was like somebody just threw some headphones on your head, slapped you into this movie, and at the end of it, just turned the lights on and it was over. It was an unreal experience what we witnessed there that night. And, you know, so not only did it, you know, was it one of my favorite albums, but seeing it live and seeing them pull it off like they did was just unreal. And even Kenny, at the end, it was just like, I, I, don't, I don't believe what we just saw. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, sit down with it, read the lyrics as you go along. It's a really interesting story of, and it really even fits to, to, to the story of now, um, about you know, a young man trying to make his way, gets hung up with the wrong people, starts dealing with drugs, and starts getting to these groups that are all about revolution and changing the system and all this stuff, and it just leads down to a, a really bad spiral. It's, uh, it's dark. Uh, the, the, a lot of the songs don't reflect how dark it really is, but it, it gets deep. And the beautiful thing about it, and, and they might have took a page from The Wall, which The Wall is my other favorite concept album of all time. It took me a long time to really figure that one out. But when it did, it was mind-blowing. But if you listen closely on The Wall, at the very end of the album, it says, I guess this is where it all, and it cuts off. And you go back to the very first song when it comes on, it says starts. So it's like a cycle, right? It just turns back around. It's like a never-ending loop. <clears throat> a brilliant little thing. I don't know if a lot of people know that or not. And uh, 
But Operation Mindcrime is kind of the same thing because it's all this I remember now. You're you're hearing the story past tense, right? You're hearing it after he's already dealt with all this and he's remembering everything that's happened. And it's kind of the same deal. When you get to the end, it's he's just recycling it over in his head over and over and over and you're trapped in there. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Incredible guitar work. Some great progressive rock stuff going on there. Some great vocal performances. Man, it's just, it's a masterpiece, folks. I'm telling you. So if you've never given it a chance, I I swear, just check it out, man. It's, It's really, really impressive. We'll never get enough credit as far as I'm concerned. And and the thing about Queen's Rack as well, you know, uh, they they are really having their problems now. Um, you got original members that have left. You got original lead singer that has left and started his own version of the band, which he kind of got sued over because he didn't really own the rights to. And then you had the drummer and the original bass player and the and one of the guitarists were still together as a group and they were still calling themselves Queen's Rack. And they were keeping that going, but recently the drummer has left, which Scott Rockenfeld is just amazing drummer uh most people remember queen's rags drummer because all of his symbols were mounted on welded together chain links so they'd be like you know chain link going up and they were all welded like like big heavy chain but at the end of it the symbols were standing it was you know it was a work of art it's beautiful and uh so he's left so it's really kind of left a, a weird spot for the band now but to me you go all the way back to around 90 or so, and Chris DeGarmo, which was the guitar player that really wrote a lot of the songs, when he left, to me, now this is just a personal thing, to me it's never been the same. And to me, I hate to say it, but no DeGarmo, no Queensryche. That's just kind of where I'm at. And uh, But that takes nothing away from those first Three or four albums that they put together, I think, are all brilliant. But Mind Crime is leaps and bounds my favorite. My wife happens to really love Empire, which is phenomenal. Great, great fidelity on that album. But there's something about Mind Crime that just gets me every time. It's it's just brilliant. So there you go, Patrick. I, you know, I tell you what, let's go ahead and play a song off there while we're at it. Here we go. Uh, you just about have to go with Eyes of a Stranger here, I think. Uh, kind of the conclusion of the album. Great song. Kind of does a little wrap-up of everything. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Here we go. Eyes of a Stranger from Operation Mindcrime from Queensryche.
reminds me of you Every night the dreams return to haunt me Your rosary wrapped around your throat I lie awake and sweat afraid to fall asleep I see your face looking back at me
revolution. Right. Man, I, like I said, this album just uh, is, is mind-blowing. So, yeah, if you like the sounds of that, definitely check it out. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I got one more, I guess, question is the word for this one. And this is from... Adam Slater, who's been listening for a while on my other shows as well, and he sent a message saying, Hey, how about a music-centric episode based on the many fantastic kidding up, training, or getting shite done montages from the 80s movies, right? So a montage music show is what he's wanting. I think that's a great idea. Uh, so we're not going to dive in and out on this episode. I'm going to hold that and create a whole next episode. So the next episode that's going to drop... We will do that. It'll all be montage music from the great 80s movies or any other time period if there's some great montage stuff going on. So, folks, be going ahead and get it in your mind what songs you want to use on that, and uh, we will get those added. I'll put a post on the Rick Radio page and just start dropping your request on there for that. So that'll be for the next episode. But go ahead and be planning because Adam's already got the first song picked for that episode, and we're going to save that for that. But... Think about your Rocky movies. Think about all those great 80s flicks that had those great montages in it. We're just going to do a salute to the American montage. How about that? Or the 80s montage. It doesn't necessarily have to be American. I think it's a great idea. So that's going to wrap up for the music part. I've got uh, one thing I want to share with you on uh, movies that kind of suck. So let's just roll right into that. Oh, yeah. It's movies that kind of suck. Baby. Yeah, I've kind of been dreading talking about this one because I'm sure this is not going to make some people happy. But uh, I'm sure I've said it before, but I really have a problem with not necessarily the DC universe, but I have a problem with the DC movies. With that being said, I just saw Aquaman for the first time the other day. I didn't expect much because, hey... It's Aquaman, right? But the problem is, is you see it in the news everywhere where it's the the greatest grossing DC flick that's ever been made. And that's pretty sad, people. I mean, really. And we all know why. And I'm not, you know, it's not a sexist thing or whatever, but come on. You know that a whole bunch of women went to see about see a movie about a man that talks to some fish because of Momoa being in it because... Half the time, they're not watching any of these other flicks. But because he's in it, they're going to go see it. They didn't matter how stupid it was, right? So I get that. It's just a shame that that's going to be the reason that this movie is the biggest grossing DC film ever made. Oh, man. (laughs) What did I think about the movie? You know, it was okay. Is it the best DC movie ever made? Not by a long shot. Um... It had some interesting things in it. But if they would have had some other dude in it, this movie wouldn't have been near as successful. Uh, Case in point, I mean, just, uh, you know, where were y'all at when he made the Conan movie, right? He did a remake of Conan the Barbarian, which I thought was halfway decent. Is it as good as the original? Nope. Now, remember what I said the first episode, kind of have to respect the new versions. I'm all about that. Uh, But, but, you know, now he's, he's hot commodity, right? But, uh, I don't know, man. To me, this movie, it had some decent moments, some pretty decent action from time to time. But I'm telling you, the CGI and the DC stuff, 
looks like made-for-TV stuff to me. It just does not look good at all. I think Marvel stumps a mud hole in the DC CGI stuff. And I just can't believe they're getting away with some of it, because some of it just really looks crappy, man. And uh, another problem I had with the movie was some things were just so obvious. Every time that, you know, Aquaman and whoever his woman is get close to each other, right before they kiss, there's going to be a big explosion and whatever they're trying to do. I mean, it's, it's, it was all these tropes that's been done so many times. It was like, oh, no, it's a dramatic scene. What do we need here? Oh, we need a big explosion so they can't get done what they need to get done. Oh, okay. It happens like three or four times. It happens about as many times as Jason Statham jumping off the boat to go save somebody from a meg shark. It's just that predictable, you know? So I just kind of had a problem with it. Um, as a movie, it's okay. It's popcorn flick, but the best DC film, the highest grossing DC film? Come on, people. Because I guarantee you, when we look back on this one, I don't know, a year from now, we're going to go, yeah, you know what? It wasn't that great. It's kind of like when episode one of Star Wars came out, right? We were all hyped about it. We went and seen it. And then we went up there go, oh, that was incredible. In the back of our minds, we were going, what the crap was that? It looked like a Sunday mor or Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> when they're fighting out on, on the battlefield. And I think DC kind of has that same problem. It looks so synthetic. Um, I don't know, you know? Uh, there's just a lot of questions that are not answered in the movie. Doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, again, people went to go see the, the skin flick. That's that's what it was all about, was just seeing him without his shirt on. All tattooed up, even though we really get no explanation of why he's tattooed up. Because it's not like, yeah, I was just born this way, because he wasn't. So, uh, yeah, that that's kind of my take on it. I, I don't have a lot to really say about it. I just thought it kind of sucked. Uh, didn't hate it. Didn't think it was great. Didn't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I just thought it, eh, you know. Uh, yeah. No thanks, I guess. I just keep getting let down by DC on this stuff. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, I just, I really have a problem with it. So that's all I'm going to say about that one. Hey, if you've got a different opinion, that's perfectly fine. I'm not trying to sway you anyways. I'm just trying to say that I, I, the proof is in the pudding. You can kind of see why this movie did well, and it wasn't because it's a good movie, right? <laughs> and... And another thing, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump back into this one because it just bothers me. They had these speeders, right? They had these ships, kind of like the ones in Star Wars Episode One, where they're, f f you know, going real fast through the, the ocean in these ships. And they have windshields and everything, but there's still water inside the ship because their hair is flowing and stuff. And I'm like, what's the point of having a windshield <laughs> on a ship going through the ocean if you're still going to be in the water. I mean, are they afraid they're going to get a shrimp or something stuck in their teeth or up their nose or something? I just haven't figured it out. It, it's When you watch the movie, just think for a minute about how ridiculous it is. Why even build a ship, right? I mean, you're Aquaman. I'm sure you can swim really fast. Or you can just, you know, to a dolphin and say, hey, man, can you just give me a lift? <laughs> That I would buy almost more than them riding around in, in spaceships, underwater spaceships that are still filled with water. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I, I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I just That just really kind of made me go, yeah, I, I, I'm not buying this at all. So, uh, 
Yeah, and the fact that the 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 black man is after Aquaman because because of his dumb father trying to kill Aquaman and he walked off and let him drown. Dude was trying to kill him. What do you what do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just it's just lame. Um, some of you might have really enjoyed it, and that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with Momoa at all. I, I like a lot of stuff he's in. I even liked him in the Justice League as Aquaman. Okay, I just thought this movie was a little flat, and I just hate the CGI. Uh, let me know what you think. You know, get on the Facebook page. Hey, you can even private message me. I don't care. Uh, let me know what you think about this movie. Uh, I still had fun with it, but I was glad when it was over. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Rick Radio. I hope you enjoyed yourself. If you did not, then uh, you get your money back. That's kind of how this works, people. If you don't like it, I guarantee you your money back. I don't think any other podcast does that. This is this is the only one that says, I will totally 100% reimburse you for the money that you paid for this episode. That might come back and haunt me about 10 years when this thing's like, <laughs> people are actually paying for it eventually somehow. I'm sure that the government's working on it. Hey, I hope you're having a good time. I'm having a blast. Send your song request, all that good stuff. You will see posts on the Rick Radio Facebook page. You can also find Rick Radio on Twitter. You can find Rick Radio on Instagram. You can listen to, just like I told Trent earlier, you can listen on Spotify, on Google Music, on iTunes, all your podcatchers, all those apps that are out there, they all carry it. Um, don't forget just Legion Podcast in general. You can go there as well. Don't forget to visit our Facebook page. Don't forget to visit Rick TV. I think you're going to have a blast there. If you love all this music, you're going to love it when I sit and talk you through some of your favorite videos. And you can request them there as well. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Till we see you again, Arrivederci! Yeah.